to The Commercial Disco, the only show dedicated to exploring the great stories and people driving Australia's unique innovation and tech landscape. Hi, my name's Corey McLeod. I'm the publisher of InnovationOz.com. Today, we're delighted to have Cheryl Prager with us. Cheryl is a mathematician who was awarded the Australia Day Honours for the Companion of the Order of Australia for her work in maths over many decades. That's just one acknowledgement of an incredible career as a mathematician in Australia. Thank you for chatting with me. Thank you, Corey. Very nice to be here. <laughs> Cheryl, can I ask you... When you developed an interest in mathematics in Queensland, what was your first experience with maths like and and when did you decide that it was something that you wanted to explore a bit further? Well, I always loved learning about maths, but I think I got really interested when I started to learn about science at high school. I was just waiting to learn about science at high school and every bit about science seemed to involve some mathematics. And so it seemed like all of my science areas, chemistry, physics, all involved some maths and I got to like more and more maths. So right through the junior high school through to my senior years, by the end of the senior years, that's what I really wanted to do was study more mathematics. And did you have the people around you to support and encourage you, whether the the teachers or your family? How did that path unfold? Oh, it was very different. (laughs) My teachers were very supportive. They were many young women. I was at a girls' school for the last three years of my high school career. They were at the ends of their careers and they were very happy to see girls interested in STEM. My parents were very glad that I was going to finish high school because they hadn't had that opportunity. So they really didn't know where I was going and nor did I. I just knew that I loved maths. I wanted to study it more. And once my mum found out that maybe I could get a job if I did that, then she was quite happy to support me. I guess no one else much at school wanted to keep on studying mathematics. I was pretty much a loner in that sense. A few of my school friends studied medicine, but no one else really focused on maths. So it was was different. How did you know it was something you could progress? Did you just go, right, I want to study maths at university and then the pathway sort of unfolded from there? I fell in love with mathematics. I really wanted to study it. I did not know that I would be able to get a job, but I just figured I would do maths as long as I could. And then if I couldn't get a job, I would do something else. So in fact, a career advisor from the government vocational guidance section told me that girls don't do maths, they don't pass, and there are no jobs. So that was really disappointing. I I got so cross and stubborn. I It's quite ironic if you look back now at how kind of valuable maths skills are and the kind of desire to make sure that we have participation. Yeah, I mean, maths skills fit young people for doing all sorts of things, not just mathematics and not just STEM. I mean, it's the logical thinking, the critical thinking, and there's so much more understanding and demand for mathematically related skills. So it's completely different and it's very good. We need such people. Now, tell me, you went to Oxford. What was that like? That must have been a very exciting moment. Oh, that was that was really wonderful. I did a master's degree in Queensland before going and my master's supervisor had been a fellow at an Oxford college and she was really very supportive that I should choose Oxford as the place to go. And when I got there, it was great. It was such a liberation because I had been the only girl in my mathematics classes 
in years two, year three, years four at the University of Queensland. So it was wonderful to get to Oxford and find that there were, I mean, maybe not 50%, but there were quite a number of other girls doing graduate work, graduate studies in mathematics. I absolutely loved it. There were so many visitors and everything was exciting. The maths was exciting. The environment was exciting. And the fact of being in the other side of the world was amazing. And when you came back to Australia, having had that experience where you're connecting with all these people from all over the world, how did that change your sense of place as a mathematician when you came back to Australia? Did you feel bolder? Did it change you and your kind of approach to your work? I think I came back as a very different person from some of my colleagues who'd stayed in Australia to do their graduate studies. And in fact, I can remember meeting some other graduate students and postdocs for the first time and saying, oh, tell me your theorem or something stupid like that, which would have been totally acceptable in Oxford, but the Australians were much more cool and you didn't talk about your work so much. So I was on a very different plane. I really needed, depended the, the links with my colleagues internationally. And after I got married and had a couple of little kids, I couldn't travel very much. And I felt like I was losing contact with where it was all happening because this was before the days of the internet. I was doing joint research with people on the other side of the world by correspondence, which meant a two-month turnaround waiting for a letter to get somewhere for someone to think about it and write a letter back to me. So I was doing many different research projects with many different people, but it was very hard work. I felt that I was being left out in some sense. I wasn't there to talk with people. So email helped and easier international travel helped. These days it would be quite different. You would just Zoom somebody and and have your meeting and talk with them. But it was a bit tough. I think a critical time for me was 1985 when I had two little children. One was turning three, the other was turning six, I guess. And I left for six weeks to work in Cambridge. My mother and my mother-in-law took three weeks stints each to come and help John with the kids. And it was just so wonderful that I was allowed to do that, that my family supported me in doing this because it was a game changer in my research career to be able to make that trip and form new research links, intensely focus on one of the, by then certainly the most important research project in my life, to meet more people, to give lectures all over the place, to go to, you know, special research conference in Germany. Everything was fantastically wonderful about that trip. And I think that was a real critical change point in my career because after that, I felt that I could make occasional trips overseas. And I then did start to go overseas maybe once a year more regularly, even though that was still a little awkward with family, but um, my husband was a great support. There's a couple of questions I wanted to ask you about that Australian experience. First, there's the, the tyranny of distance. Yes, particularly with young children and going a long way, but to stay plugged in, connected, it takes extra effort. And the other question is about that cultural environment you came back to when people didn't want to discuss their work in the same open way that was happening when you were at Oxford. As an Australian mathematician, how has being Australian impacted, I guess, the way your careers evolved? Well, I think I have very, very broad research interests. 
because of coming back to Australia and because of working at the University of Western Australia where there wasn't anyone actually in my area. My interest broadened and I made contact with an area of mathematics which was different from the area I'd been working on in my thesis for the combinatorics community. And in fact, when my second child was very, very little, I felt so, I felt like a zombie. I got no sleep and I couldn't work. And so I just asked everyone, is there any problem that you have that you think my skill set might be useful to help work on? And so I started working on all sorts of different research projects with different people around the country. So I have many wonderful colleagues in Australia with whom I made those contacts at that time and and ever afterwards. I mean, I'm often making contacts with new, younger mathematicians now, but for me in those days, my older colleagues in Australia were extremely helpful and supportive in helping me to get back my research stamina, I guess, to be able to start thinking mathematically again. I think it's very interesting that it seems as though your family life meant that you really wanted to broaden out your areas of research, which in turn, I guess, down the track was really valuable when you were then having input into development of curriculum and the supervising PhD students. So in that sort of second stage of your career, that breadth would actually have been quite valuable. Yes. And some of it was a a really positive decision that I was going to broaden. So I became a professor at a very young age, 35 years old. And I thought now I am really responsible for seeing the teaching and the education that we have for in pure mathematics, because I was a pure mathematician, to be at the cutting edge. And so I knew that I needed to understand and use the computers which were then being introduced to use in pure mathematics as well as all sorts of other areas. So I made a specific decision that I wanted to contact the major person, John Cannon at the University of Sydney, who was setting up one of the the two major computer systems in computer algebra at the time. He was very supportive. I knew I needed to get a research interest in that area or I would never really develop a good focus in the teaching area as well. So I moved again quite deliberately into another new area of my research, which is probably 40% of what I do these days, looking at randomised algorithms for making computers act really fast. So I accepted the role, responsibility of being a professor of mathematics as being having to represent my discipline and to make sure that the teaching areas were were being updated all the time. We, we had new courses because of cryptographic issues and, and coding theory. We just developed courses on all sorts of different areas of mathematics. Every few years we were writing new courses because things were happening internationally and nationally that needed the new areas. So maths is never static. <laughs> That's a, a good sort of segue to my next question about where you find the most exciting areas of where maths is applied today. We spoke a bit earlier about things like you know, artificial intelligence, but obviously you mentioned blockchain. And where is the most interesting application of where you're seeing maths applied, and particularly from an Australian perspective right now, what's the exciting work? Oh, there's so much excitement going on in this area, and it's all over the place. When I started off, it was just maths with a helper to physics, and then maybe in chemistry. And then it became that we needed maths to help us understand biology and all the exciting things which is happening in genomics. And then in the finance industry, and for a long time, it was really, really important in agriculture, like the fact that Australia produces such high yields in agriculture is due to 
a lot of the experimental design which helped them to work out the best varieties. That's been a, you know, a long use of, of maps in agriculture. These days, I guess we're seeing it in the digital communications area, in communications, in computer security, as well as still, of course, biology and the statistics that we're needing to understand the pandemic and to work out what is likely to control it and work out what are the aspects of it which we need to look out for, looking at past pandemics, trying to work out what's happening in this current one. I mean, there's so many important uses of maths, it's hard to pick one out. <laughs> so in terms of the number of people that go into mathematics and, and that, I guess, industry appetite, given all of those applications that are right across every sector, and you mentioned many of them. Where are mathematicians coming from these days? Are they different? Is it a broader type of graduate that's seeking out a career in maths? Has the commercials and industry side of business shifted and contributed to an appetite? Have there been big changes since you were kind of entering the university system? Yes, I think so. When I entered the standard undergraduate would do three years, a very small number would do a fourth year, say, in, in honours, and then a really, really small number would do a graduate study, and maybe they would end up in academia. Now there's many more students who would like to get a little bit of increased skills past their three-year degree. I mean, those graduates are also well sought after, but graduates with a greater mathematical skills are even more sought after. So I have had numerous PhD students who not really known what they wanted to do after their PhD. They were looking to do graduate research as sort of personal fulfillment and skills development, but not really knowing whether they wanted to go into academia or industry or government jobs. And I think the training, the education we've given such students has broadened. We're aware of the skills that we want to develop in our graduates. And those skills are really well sought after, things like being able to write well, being able to present well, being able to extract information independently from sources, being able to think and pose problems and solve them, work in a team, all these things that they're gaining expertise in through their graduate study, which would not have happened in my day. And I've seen many of my students go into, into jobs in the government, in industry, the startup companies. There's many, many different opportunities for them. So with the changes in the way that we look at the role that maths plays in the broader you know, industry and government and health, et cetera, what the changes in the way that women participate in maths? So International Women's Day is an example. I'd love your views on how important those sorts of days are to stop and celebrate or acknowledge women in areas such as maths. How important are those days? How important are those initiatives that are specifically about women and young women? I think they are quite important. It's only in the last 10, 20 years that women in mathematics have identified as a group. I think the Australian Women in Mathematics group was only formed about 2013 or something. So it's really quite late on internationally. And before that, perhaps women didn't want to be identified as women. So it's a fairly recent fact that women are very happy to be identified as women and the whole community acknowledges that it's good to have this diversity and that women are 
welcome in the area. I think days like the International Day of Women, awards that shed visibility on women in STEM and science are incredibly important for young people just to see that there is a role for them, see there is a possible pathway for them in the STEM area. We now have an International Day for Women in Mathematics. It's the 12th of May, which is the birth date of the only woman to have been awarded a a Fields Medal, like the equivalent of the Nobel Prize in Mathematics. And this will be the second year that it's been celebrated. And and that's very much honoured all around the world by groups of women nationally in mathematics. I think it's a really interesting discussion, and it's one that we've certainly had in our office, about taking the opportunity to you know, show particularly younger women in the series that we're doing, see what you can be, but also that there are other you know, generations and there are other people that are like, just let the work stand for itself. My gender isn't a part of it. And I think both sit side by side, but it's not straightforward. It is absolutely not straightforward. Like some women did not even want to meet together for coffee or as a group of women, mathematicians. They wanted to be mathematicians and their gender had nothing to do with it. So, But it's just different because there are different issues that women face, like caring responsibilities and having to balance children and whatever. And it's good to face these together and have the support groups. But as you say, not all women feel that way. <laughs> and even if that discussion is held and things change, at least we're sort of acknowledging change and acknowledging that the conversations might shift and there is a role for the conversation regardless of what side you sit on it. Yes. I wanted to sort of finish with this. We are doing a series of fireside chats with women of a range of ages and ethnicities and backgrounds and disciplines. And part of it is to show for schools, see what you can be. Now, if you were to take yourself back to when you were 14 and you didn't really know what was ahead of you, what would your advice be to yourself knowing what you know now, having had such an incredible career? What would you tell yourself? I'd tell myself to enjoy my learning, to reach out, to grasp every opportunity that was made available and to try not to be so scared. I was so lacking in confidence. It would be so wonderful if if I'd known that I could make it back then. <laughs> I think there's so many opportunities and I think that girls have to be brave enough to grasp them and just run with them. I think that's brilliant advice. It's a lovely way to finish our conversation. Cheryl Prager, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciated talking to you and congratulations, not just on the recent award, the Companion of the Order of Australia, but an incredible career that has really been incredibly important in Australian mathematics. So thank you so much. Thank you, Kai. hope you enjoyed this episode of the commercial disco please like subscribe and leave a five-star review wherever you heard us and head on over to our website innovationoz.com to check out our latest news and reviews focused on tech innovation and policy and reach out on our social media to ask any questions or be a guest on the show until the next time this is the commercial disco Wishing you a great week ahead.